Marianne. Hi, Lori. How are you? I am fantastic. Great to see you. Hey, how about that song? That was wonderful. Oh, wow. Thank you, ladies. Good morning. Good to see you all today. My name is Lori Nadolsky, and I am in Women to Women Ministries. I am so excited to share how God is working in the lives of the women at West Bowles. Hebrews 10, 23 through 25 are scriptures we hold close to our hearts and try to live by each day. This is what was written. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing. But let us encourage one another, and all the more, as you see the day approaching. Amen? Amen. How about an amen? Amen. Wow. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lori. That is one powerful scripture. And what a privilege to be here with all of you this morning. My name is Jan Fugler, and I have the honor of working with a women's ministry here at West Bowles. You know, a passion that I have is being able to hear women's stories. Questions that they uh, come up frequently with, where have they experienced hardships or personal struggles? What have been their circumstances that led them to become connected to a small group here at West Bowles Community Church? And how has Christ impacted their life to, become, to be transformed from hurt to hope? But, you know, little did I know as I was in the midst of this women's ministry that I would be the one taken on my own journey. You see, it was in 2006 that I was diagnosed with cancer, twice. And it was at that time I was going to have to ask my own questions to myself. Questions like, where am I with my Jesus in my own circumstance? What will keep me connected to Christ when I know I'm going to have to endure physical challenges as I would begin cancer treatments? And how can this present suffering be used for a greater purpose and draw me closer to Christ? Well, as I went to our Lord desperately, I was seeking answers, answers to those questions. And it became very, very clear to me what I needed to do. I needed to cope with hope. I needed to cope with his hope. And as Lori read so beautifully from Hebrews chapter 10, God instructed me to hold unswervingly to his hope. So, the first thing God did is he said, you hang on unswervingly to my word as well. This holy Bible even accompanied me at every single radiation treatment. The only thing I could move were my legs, so it remained underneath my legs. And God directed me to promises. 
Promises to claim daily. Promises like, you may ask anything in my name, and I will do it. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given to you. He set forth his word and healed them. Ask, and you will receive. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. Whatever you ask for in prayer, believe you have received it, and it will be yours. All things are possible to him who believes. Now, faith is being sure of what you hope for, certain of what you do not see. You are the Lord God who goes with us. You fight against our enemies, and you give us victory. Those were the promises God gave me from his word, his living and holy word. Now, prayer also strengthened me, and I'll tell you, it was through my incredible husband, my precious, precious family, and this amazing body here at West Wales Community Church. I can't thank you all enough for your prayers during that time. And again, as Lori read from Hebrews, because of your prayers and the covering that you placed upon me, I was spurred on toward loving good deeds during this time. I was so encouraged. Thank you so much. So you see, through God's word and prayer, God truly intervenes supernaturally. Believe me, I'm living proof of that. And you see, I want everyone to understand it has nothing to do with who I am. It's because of who he is and what he has already done. You see, God taught me that the big C stands for Christ. And you know, often we must experience our weakness to experience his strength. Well, where am I now? Two and a half years out from that first diagnosis. And I remain going back for my medical checkups every six and a half months or so. And the last time I was there for my checkup, it was March of this last year. And my precious husband and I were flying Frontier Airlines. And you know, I'll never forget, as we were descending to land, the pilot's voice was heard throughout the plane's cabin saying, Thank you for flying Frontier Airlines. On grace, our trumpeter swan. I just stopped, and I gasped. And I turned to Bob, and I said, Did you hear what that pilot just said? That fully describes my journey these last two and a half years. Because only through the grace of God could something that started out as such an ugly duckling like cancer be transformed into a beautiful swan called God Almighty. He carried me on his wings. He gave me a safe landing. And you see, by staying connected 
to Christ in his body here at West Bowles Community Church? My questions were answered, all of them, because all along, he was the answer. Would you please join me by watching a video of other lives that have been transformed by remaining connected to Christ? Let's watch together. plugged in with the precept study class that's Thursday morning uh, that Glenda Kirsten teaches. I was in MOPS for, gosh, it's been five years. I started when our oldest daughter, Emily, was four months old. Um, I attend the Women's Women AM, and after having two kids, I really felt I just needed some Christian women support. I am from the PM, uh, Women to Women and I was lonely and we just moved here and I needed fellowship. Well the reason I came to one of the women's retreats was basically because my daughter asked me. I felt the need uh, to attend that when I found out uh, how deep they go into their Bible study. I thought that I really knew my Bible and then when I talked to some of the ladies about what they were studying and how they had to do homework every day and I, I don't know if that's for me. I think what made me come back to MOPS, um, gosh, over and over again and just kept me coming was um, just the amazing fellowship and all the, the wonderful women that I, I met and the support that I got from from our MOPS group. The thing I love about Women to Women AM that keeps me coming back is um, not only the study, but the teachers are just amazing. They're, um, again, all different ages, some my age and some my mom's age, and they just offer so much um, knowledge and insight into all your different areas of life, including your kids and your marriage. And basically it just challenges me to want to have a better walk in my faith. I came back week after week because I found that fellowship that I was uh, looking for. There is a real openness and honesty uh, with the women, and uh, it was easy to fit in. She did give a very clear um, invitation to Christ that night, and um, I think there was just no hesitation. it was just that I want to. I want to be a part of this. I want to do this, and um, I think that deep down in my heart, um, I knew that that it was something that I had been searching for for a long time. I feel I walk closer with my Lord. Um, I have a better understanding of what He is requiring of me, of us as Christians. I want to do it and don't feel that it's, I have to do it. My husband Mark and I had been attending West Bowls already for probably six years or seven years, but um, I never had a, neither of us really had a, a connection with West Bowles outside of just going to church. And it was finally then through MOPS that we kind of then ventured out a little bit. It becomes more alive. It's not just something you do because your parents told you to. It's really you come into your own and do it for a desire that you have. I'm sort of 
still searching for what it is he wants me to accomplish in my life. But I guess I don't have a lot of the doubts or the worries that I used to have. Being there has enhanced my walk with Christ because it's given me hope. Just some of the needs that I had amazingly were met in the, through the book we read, uh, Waking the Dead. And again, with just, uh, just forming new friendships. You make friends with these ladies so quickly because we pray with one another, we pray for one another, and there's a special bond that you develop. To this day, some of my, my dearest and closest friends were all made through the MOTS group. I don't know, the group of girls that I found here, I couldn't find anywhere else. I, you can't beat it. Definitely a blessing from God. You don't meet anyone, really, uh, by going to worship service that I could tell, or and maybe even to Sunday school, but these little groups are it for establishing uh, friendships, and it met my need. You know, there's just it's it's just such a much more rewarding and rich relationship than what you just have with casual friends. In January, we went on a vacation and we almost lost our daughter. And just to know that within hours, an email was sent out, and women all around the church were praying and had sent it out to their family and friends and it was just such a comfort being in another country knowing that people were praying and they genuinely cared. There's so many different people but yet we all have a connection. I mean there's you almost can't go to women to women and not find someone that you just click with. I mean it continues outside of the study and we hang out with our kids and you know just talk about life and it's not just that hour or two that you spend at the church. It really flows into other areas. And they're all ages, and that's exciting, too, to get to find out how, what place each age group is and um, how, where they are in their walk for the Lord and how you can help them and they can help you. It's really a great thing. I have found so much here, and it's worth the effort. It's worth it. And it's hard for working women to... Um, get the energy even uh, to come but I think that uh, what you receive is so much more than you can imagine. I feel uh, that I have uh, a better understanding even of my husband and my position in, the, in our marriage and that seems like a pretty late date in my life and my marriage to have that and yet it's really important at any stage, I just have a sense of things will be okay, that God's in control, and that He's going to take care of me. We lost our son nine years ago, and I had just such a broken heart about it. And um, through the reading of the book and the ministry of the leaders, after nine years, I honestly know that. Jesus came to bind the brokenhearted, and uh, He is binding up my heart after all this time, and there is a sense of freedom.
been a little emotional this morning. That's amazing. It's so exciting to see um, women of all ages, from young to old, coming together to 
show how they're connected and how in that connection they find their transformation. So, um, you know, hope has been a theme this morning, and my hope is that God will just use me as a vessel to speak to your heart, because that's what he wants to do. So we've heard some um, powerful stories this morning, stories of lives that have been transformed when these ladies made a connection. Jan's life was transformed. Her attitude and her outlook on cancer was transformed when she connected to the powers and the richness of scriptures and prayer. Lisa, I don't know if you caught it, but her life and her beliefs were transformed when she became a Christian at that fall ladies' retreat. And she found out that Jesus Christ is the only way, the only truth, the only life. And Marcella, Marcella, where are you this morning? Powerful. Uh, Marcella and I are friends, and she was transformed. Her loneliness was transformed into fellowship and kinship when she just found a small group of women that she could share her life with. And Kathy, she was transformed from having to bear the weight of her own burden, knowing that there was a group of women that could bear her burden for her, that would be there for her, that would pray for her. And the stories, they go on and on. My story is that I became a Christian at a young age. I've been at West Bowles for 15 years, and thankfully I've been able to be a part of nearly every women's ministry available here. And I have even come when they weren't offering free food. All right? Let's get that straight. But even though I was connected to this body of believers and have been connected and remain connected to this body of believers, I didn't know until recently how disconnected I remained in my relationship and my walk with Christ. So this morning I want to end with a story, a simple illustration of disconnectedness. It's a story, it's a story that spoke to me and set me on a path seeking transformation. This simple illustration comes from the New York Times best-selling novel, The Kite, Running, the Kite Runner. Many of you know of it. The story is about a boy named Amir who grew up in Afghanistan in the, late, in the early 1970s. And he was forced to flee Afghanistan to come to the United States when the Soviet Union invaded his country in 1978. Amir remained here in the United States until he had reason to go back to his homeland nearly 25 years later. But with the Taliban in control of most of the country at the time, it made it difficult for him to get back in. He had been so disconnected from his country for so long that he was completely unaware of all the changes that had taken place. Changes like, for instance, he couldn't simply fly into the country. Instead, he had to fly first into Pakistan and hire a driver to drive him across the border into Kabul. One night, Amir and his driver had to stay at a friend's house along this road to Kabul. The friend welcomed him and the visitors in and offered them something to eat. So the visitor introduced him to his wife and their three children, and they sat down to eat. And the wife brought in a simple vegetable stew, and she apologized that there wasn't any meat to offer because the Taliban was the only people who could afford that nowadays. And Amir said, are you and your family going to sit and eat with us? And he said, oh, no. The man said, it's a late hour. We've already eaten. Well, as Amir started eating his soup, he noticed the three boys sitting across the room on a mat on the floor, staring at his wristwatch. They were talking to one another, whispering to each other, but their eyes never left his watch. Their gaze was glued to his wrist. And Amir thought to himself, you know, when I was younger, I received a watch for one of my birthdays. Maybe these kids would like this present too. So he asked the man of the house, can I offer your three boys a gift? And he said, sure, go ahead. So he takes off his wristwatch, he hands it to the boys, explains how it works, and goes back to eating. 
The boys sat there. They passed the watch back and forth. They looked at it, examined it. But strangely enough, by the time Amir was finished eating, this watch had been completely discarded and was left laying on the ground. Hmm. So later, Amir was outside the home, out stargazing, when he overheard the man and his wife arguing with one another. They were talking, but all he could make out was the man saying, there is no more food left. I know that we're hungry, but what was I supposed to do? He is our guest. And the wife responded, weeping, what am I to feed my children? So as I came across this story in the middle of a very long novel, I had to pause and I thought about it for a minute. Amir had been so disconnected from his homeland, from Afghanistan, for so long that he was completely unaware that poverty had swept the entire nation. And while he may have received a watch for his 12th birthday, children now didn't even receive food for the day, much less presents. And so I got to thinking, what does that mean? When Amir was eating his food, the boys were not staring at his wristwatch. They were watching every bite that he ate. Because while he fed himself, those boys were left hungry. So I want to try to explain how this story relates to my relationship with Christ. I thought about this story more and I realized that I have been so disconnected from a true intimate relationship with Christ long enough that what I offer him are trinkets and tokens of my religion when what he's left really hungry for is my heart. And so I've spent my life offering him before mealtime prayers, weekly Sunday attendance. I've lived an upright life and made good and moral choices. I offer him standards, principles, values, when all along what he wants is a true relationship with me. And so whether it's my pride, whether it's me wanting my own agenda, whether it's me not pausing long enough just to listen to what he truly wants from me, for whatever reason, I've remained disconnected and therefore have remained untransformed. And so I thought about that. How often do we do that into the relationships that are the most important to us every day? And I want to be specific. Wives, do we offer a meal on the table with a nice clean home when your husband comes home, but yet maybe what he really wants from you is your respect, possibly your support, maybe a kind and gentle touch? And wives and husbands, what do you offer? Maybe you bring home a big paycheck to buy a lot of nice things. When what your wives are really hungry for is your time, your interest in them, your willingness to openly communicate. And as parents, what do we offer our children? Do we give them the latest gadgets and gizmos? When maybe what they're really hungry for is to be known by us, to be understood by us to be loved unconditionally by us. Maybe they want us to walk a mile in their high school shoes. And kids, you're not exempt either. What do we offer our parents? Maybe a clean room and the lawn neatly mowed? When maybe what they really want is an attitude shift, a complete change and an attitude of gratitude and appreciation for all the sacrifices that they've made and will continue to make for you. These ideas might seem simple, trivial even, but what these actions represent is how connected we are to the relationships that are the most important to us. The most important relationship I will ever have is with Jesus Christ. And yet my life and my actions may not show him that. 
Because while I'm offering him my trinkets and my tokens, my offerings of moral choices and upright living, he's standing at the door knocking. Revelation 3.20 says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. He's hungry for a meal with us, literally, to be in in an intimate relationship with us. That's what he's hungry for. That's what he's starving for. What are we going to offer him? A watch? A trinket? A token? Or our hearts? That's up for us to all decide individually today, but that's how that story spoke to me. Have I been disconnected so long that I remain untransformed? We're going to ask the um, music group to come up and finish with the closing song. And I just want to say that this morning you've seen lives of transformation. And that transformation has happened when all these women have made connections. There have been connections to God's word. We learned this weekend at the Bethmore Simulcast that that is possibly one of the greatest connections you will ever make. That God's word comes alive. And transforms us. We've heard stories of transformation from the Bible. We've heard stories that people were transformed through prayer. We've heard stories of people who were transformed by connecting to a small group and building friendships. Maybe you need to be transformed in your relationship to your husband or to your wife or as a parent to your children or children to your parents. Whatever that transformation is, it will come when you make that much needed connection. Thank you, Krista. Krista, thank you so much for those words of encouragement. Well, in closing today, um, you heard Krista refer to that thread of hope that has been woven through our, the message throughout the morning. And we'd like to sing a closing chorus that was born out of the Hebrews 10.23 verse that we recited earlier um, that talks about holding on unswervingly, unswervingly to the hope that we profess in Christ Jesus. Would you stand and sing with us? Um, And this melody will be new to you, so if you'd like to just listen through the first time and then just join in as you feel led to, let's lift our voices to the Lord one last time this morning.
you join me in prayer, please? Oh, Father, you know, since Eve, and including Eve, the legacy of women in the Bible, in your word, in the history of the church and the world has been strong and amazing indeed. And Father, you've blessed us so much here at West Bowles Community Church for that legacy of amazing godly women continuing strongly and loudly and humbly and beautifully. And oh, Father, help us never to take for granted or to miss the beauty of your voice and experience through those that you have made in your image as women. We thank you and praise you and are so humble before you this morning. For giving us that great continued blessing. Thank you. And Father, help us to hear your word this morning and to cling to hope, hope in you. And Father, would you find us in that hope, the humility to be broken and be transformed and to let go finally of those last bits that we so desperately seem to cling to. And to give it all just to you and to trust your beauty and grace with it all. Father, we love you. We adore you. Thank you for the precious gift of your son Jesus on the cross. Thank you for the precious gift of your spirit dwelling in and among us. Continue to teach us and to spur us, Father, to love, to love you with all our heart, all our soul, all our might, all our mind. And Father, to love our neighbors, each other, as we love ourselves. Please, Father, give us that humble guts to love like that. We love you. And in Jesus' name, all God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you as you go on your way this week. Many tables of information out back. Stop by and look. Come join us next week for Danny Ortley. They may even let me preach a little bit next week, so we'll see you then. Have a great week. God bless you all. Amen.